this is Dr. Vargas Lowy, your child neurologist. Um, I'm going to continue with the series uh, on epilepsy, on seizures, uh, and I want to make a special uh, blog about non-epileptic seizures. Um, and this is something that's sometimes hard to understand, both for parents, caregivers, and for the patients themselves. Uh, how come I'm having seizures and you're telling me that it's actually not seizures? Um, and I'm going to try to be as specific as possible. Um, epilepsy uh, means that there's abnormal brain, electric brain activity, uh, and that can trigger seizures. That can trigger convulsive seizures or many other types of seizures, depend depending on the area of your brain that's affected. Now, um, seizures or convulsions can happen without having epilepsy, meaning uh, that if we were to do an EEG, when you're having that seizure, it's going to look normal. There's not going to be any misfiring of your brain, and that's why we call it non-epileptic seizures. Uh, there's different names. Um, they're also called psychogenic uh, seizures. They're also called pseudo-seizures, uh, meaning that they're not really seizures. Um, and um, it's a little bit hard to understand why they happen then. Uh, and I'm going to and I'm going to go through that. Um, so typically they happen in older kids. Uh, you're rarely going to be uh, seeing an unepileptic seizure in a three-year-old, in a five-year-old, um, because uh, the the etiology, the reason for these seizures, uh, is uh, psychological, uh, also uh, known as psychogenic, uh, which means that there's some kind of stressing uh, factor in your life, uh, extreme stress, uh, extreme anxiety, depression, uh, some other kind of mental illness uh, that triggers these kind of events. Um, and that kind of uh, mental illness uh, typically happens in older kids, right, or in adults. Uh, so typically older than 12, at least. Um, any kind of mental illness can present uh, with uh, non-epileptic seizures, but the most frequent ones are uh, severe anxiety, uh, depression, bipolar disorder, etc. And uh, determining whether a seizure is epileptic or not uh, is actually uh, more difficult than, than it looks like because uh, we can't have someone hooked up to an EEG all the time, right? So most of the times the seizures are going to happen and we're going to have to rely on the history, on the uh, uh, clear description of what the seizure looks like uh, to guide us uh, to, uh, to, to a diagnosis. Um, and the reason is because um, I don't want you to think that uh, you as a patient or your kid as a parent is faking the seizures. That's not what's happening. Uh, most of the times uh, they're not aware, they're not doing it on purpose. I'm going to fake a seizure uh, because I need attention or anything like that. No, this is a mo more, much more complicated mental process. Um, think about it as um, an escape valve. Uh, your body, your mind is very stressed, Very, you're very anxious for whatever life event or just because uh, you're going through a phase in your life and the seizure is a way 
of your body to express, uh, to let that steam out. Just like some people might um, start screaming incontrollably, uh, some people have these kind of seizures. And uh, the way they look uh, are not typically similar to the way that an epileptic seizure will look. And I'm not going to go into detail about uh, the type of movements, but just to give a few examples. Uh, you can have these coordinated movements there that are not synchronous, meaning like uh, you have one arm that goes in one direction, the other, arms go, the other arm goes in a different direction. The jerking of the legs is discoordinated with the jerking of the, of the arms, for instance, or they, they, they do these weird flailing movements. Um, another typical thing that we look at is the eyes. Uh, when your eyes are closed, when you're having a, a seizure, that's typically not epileptic. With epileptic seizures, your eyes are open, wide open, uh, sometimes even roll to your back. Um, head movement uh, is another thing that we use to determine whether a seizure is epileptic or not. Uh, in non-epileptic seizures, sometimes uh, we see patients moving their or jerking their head sideways, like a no-no kind of movement. That typically doesn't happen in, in epileptic seizures. Um, uh, then we use some tricks to determine whether a seizure is happening really or not, like trying to suppress the movement. Uh, if you hold the hand and you see that uh, the jerking stops, that's typically a non-epileptic seizure. Or if you hold a hand and you drop it on the face, and they avoid uh, contact with the face, that's, again, typically not epileptic. So, there, you know, there's different uh, things that we look at uh, in another epileptic seizure that can guide us. Uh, then another thing, obviously, is uh, a previous history of uh, psychological issues. If there's a history of uh, physical or sexual abuse, uh, then, you know, that's going to be a red flag saying, like, you know, this kid has been through a lot. It's very possible that this is a non-epileptic seizure. Um, so that's by the history. Uh, then the gold standard uh, to diagnose a non-epileptic seizure is obviously having a seizure while you're connected to an EEG, to an electroencephalogram. Uh, if you're having a seizure, but we don't see any kind of abnormal electric activity in your brain, that's it. Yeah, we have the diagnosis. It's a non-epileptic seizure. Uh, that is not very easy because what needs to happen is that we admit the patient or we send you with an ambulatory EEG, an EEG that you do at home, and you must have a seizure, which uh, is not that easy. Uh, but that would be the way to be absolutely certain that that's a non-epileptic seizure. So once we have the diagnosis, whether it's through EEG or through the history, uh, what do we do? Um, you know, very often a pediatric neurologist or an adult neurologist will say, well, you know, uh, it's non-epileptic, so that's it. Uh, I'm signing off. Uh, they need to be followed by a psychologist, by a psychiatrist, go on psych meds, and, and I'm, I've done my job. I will actually continue to follow uh, because independently of uh, whether it's epileptic or not, uh, us neurologists should be able to manage uh, behavioral disorders. Um, you know, we see kids who have ADHD, we have kids who have uh, autism and other behavioral disorders. Why not see kids who have actual seizures, even though they're not epileptic, there are seizures. Uh, so I think we have an ethical obligation to continue to monitor these patients. So I typically uh, watch them. I do place a referral for a psychiatry so that they can manage their meds in case they need them for depression or anxiety. Um, and I work in close um, 
communication with uh, the psychiatrists or therapists. Um, because I, you know, the same kind of precautions that uh, uh, we put in place for kids who have epilepsy, uh, we have to discuss with the parents and the, and the patients with non-epileptic seizures. Because no matter what causes them, if you're going to have a seizure, you're at risk of injuring yourself. If you're driving and you have a pseudo-seizure, you're going to run into an accident. If you're swimming, if you're climbing a tree, um, if you're riding a bicycle and you have one of these seizures, uh, it's true that it doesn't happen very frequently, but if it happens, you're at risk. So we have to have this conversation with the patient, with the parents, to make sure that all the precautions are put in place. Also, when a kid has a seizure, uh, an actual seizure, uh, uh, when it's actually happening, you have to be aware of the first aid measures, just like with an epileptic seizure. Um, the likelihood of something going wrong is going to be lower, uh, but it's still there. So we have to be able to have that, that kind of uh, conversation, like I just said. Then another thing that makes it a little bit more complicated is that very often we see uh, pseudo-seizures or non-epileptic seizures in kids who actually also have epilepsy. So this makes it very confusing. A kid who has a, a, a epileptic seizures uh, in childhood may develop non-epileptic seizures. And typically, uh, when you look at them clinically, they look almost identical to the clinical uh, epileptic seizures. So uh, that makes it really difficult to diagnose. The only way in that case would actually be an EEG. But we see that a lot. Uh, very often, kids who have epilepsy also have other episodes that are actually non-epileptic. Uh, it's possible that a kid has outgrown the epilepsy, but then they remain uh, with non-epileptic seizures. Um, so sometimes people are confused that we treat uh, with epilepsy medication uh, when there's a non-epileptic diagnosis. And the reason is that there might actually be an epilepsy uh, in the background, uh, but also that uh, epilepsy medications very often are used uh, as mood stabilizers. For instance, lamotrigin, lamictal. Uh, that's a medication that we use both for epilepsy as well as for uh, depression or bipolar disorder or anxiety, severe anxiety. Another example is uh, Valparate. That one we can also use as a mood stabilization uh, medication. So uh, that, that, that would explain it. Other than that, we also use antidepressants. We also use uh, anxiety medications such as benzodiazepines. Um, but I always like to work in conjunction either with the therapist who might or might not be able to prescribe medications or uh, with a psychiatrist or a nurse practitioner who works in psychiatry. In that case, I will defer to them uh, what kind of treatment they 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 want to use. Uh, but I will be make my I will make myself available for any kind of side uh, consultation. Um, so this is the uh, short episode that I wanted to make uh, about pseudo seizure because I know that it's uh, uh, a, a diagnosis that can be confusing both for the patients themselves and uh, for the parents. Um, so if you have any other questions, obviously we're going to discuss in more detail when I see you through a telehealth encounter in the clinic. Um, and uh, that's all for today. Uh, this was Dr. Vargas Lowy, your personal child neurologist. Thanks for listening.